0: It was around lunchtime when I decided to stop by my old apartment to retrieve a CD for a math class that I hated. I was a sophomore in college working a full-time job and taking online classes to supplement my schedule. I moved back home with my mother to save money, but my old roommate still lived at our apartment with friends. I turned my key to unlock the door at the apartment and found a huge mess. Clothes were draped over the dining room table and CDs and mail were everywhere. I walked into the kitchen to find the disc and heard the front door open and close. When I came to see who it was, I was met with someone I did not know. When I asked who they were, they told me that they were staying with my old roommate. I backed away slowly, gathered my things, and left as the stranger sat quietly on the couch. When I called my old roommate to ask about the stranger and the mess, I found out that they did not know who the stranger was either. The apartment was being burglarized. I called the police frantically and gave them details about the person who I saw. I was shaken by the incident and to this day, I am still anxious about being home alone and keeping doors and windows locked. Months later, I received an angry phone call from a detective. Despite the police's best efforts, they were unable to find the burglar. The detective questioned me aggressively and accused me of being involved in the very crime that I was a victim of. He threatened to call child services and take my daughter away from me if I didn't admit that I was involved. Apparently, he had searched my Facebook page and saw that people who I'd gone to high school with had been involved in burglaries and tried to make a connection to me, a mom and college student who had not so much as received a speeding ticket. They eventually found the burglar at the scene of another crime, and he was convicted. But I will never forget the way I was treated by the police that were supposed to protect me.
1: Hi, this is David Goodfriend, and you're listening To the Good Friend Group podcast, President Harry Truman used to say, if you want a friend in Washington, get a dog. But in this case, if you want a good friend in Washington, you've come to the right place. I talk to people from technology, telecommunications and media. These are my good friends. And now they're here to talk to you. You just heard from my colleague, Megan Sun, Senior Director and Counsel here at the Good Friend Group. Before joining our team, Megan worked as the Technology Counsel for the US House Committee on Small Business. She was on the majority staff, focusing on supporting small innovative businesses and advocating for equality among minority investors, entrepreneurs, and tech startups. Before that, Megan worked at USAC, the Universal Service Administrative Company, and at MMTC. As a young black woman lawyer in an industry that is dominated by white males, Megan has beaten a lot of odds. Stories like the ones she just shared are sadly all too common. And it's up to all of us to move the needle and turn the page.
0: Advanced communications technology has changed our society in so many ways. Although the internet and wireless connections have transformed the way that we reach each other, The bias, racism, and bigotry that keeps us divided has only become more painfully clear. Through access to digital cameras on cell phones and the ability to share high-quality video with the masses, many of us shared the heartbreaking experience of watching the last eight minutes and 46 seconds of George Floyd's life. In this instance, abuse of power and policing cost the life of a father, a brother, a son, and a friend. There are countless others who have lost their lives and many more who have been victimized, marginalized, and manipulated by those who are supposed to serve and protect. As we consider how to grapple with necessary police reforms, the use of technology in law enforcement must also be addressed. Backdoors to private encrypted data would enable law enforcement to access large swaths of private data and suppress whistleblowers and activists from freely organizing and expressing themselves without fear of retribution. When it comes to encryption, there are a lot of threats to weakening encryption. There aren't any threats to better training, police on how to investigate crimes and understanding technology. Improper use of facial recognition technology is also an issue. Facial recognition technology has been used improperly by law enforcement to infringe on civil liberties and misidentify innocent citizens. As American citizens, we have rights to privacy and should be protected against abusive uses of technology by police that diminish those rights. Encryption is computer code used to protect data. It allows individuals to communicate and store data securely. Encryption is used in everyday devices like cell phones where millions of Americans share and store their most personal information. While law enforcement recognizes the importance of encryption to protect Americans from hackers and organized crime, some believe that the FBI and police should have a backdoor to access data stored in personal devices. However, encryption backdoors are a great risk to consumer privacy, cybersecurity, and civil liberties. Although there is no law in the U.S. requiring individuals to ensure private communications are available to law enforcement, the DOJ and others continue to push for backdoors and orders under the All Writs Act of 1789 to pressure tech companies to provide access to encrypted communications of private citizens. Agencies have also resorted to using malware to gain access to information on encrypted devices. This push against privacy is particularly troubling because of the criminalization and surveillance of black activists. In all 50 states, protesters have filled the streets condemning abuse of force on black bodies. Unfortunately, separate forward requests by the ACLU and the Center for Constitutional Rights and Color of Change have uncovered an assessment titled, Black Identity Extremists Likely Likely Motivated to Target Law Enforcement Officers which appears to wrongly group together Black people who, in the FBI's own words, perceive racism and injustice in American society, and a document referred to as the race paper that was produced completely redacted and was never shared in its entirety. The other key documents produced in response to the FOIA request seem to indicate that the FBI and DHS are actively surveilling Black activists and organizers and reinforcing the narrative that criminalizes protected First Amendment activity. Fortunately, companies like Apple continue to resist encryption backdoors and improve privacy and security for its consumers. Facial recognition technology uses software to match facial features to a database of identities. Although law enforcement claims that this technology makes communities safer, it has raised due process concerns and produced systemic inaccuracy and biased results. For example, Robert Williams, a black man from Detroit, was wrongfully arrested after facial recognition technology was used by law enforcement to match his identity to an image of a man committing a crime. A this study also shows people of color are up to 100 times more likely to be misidentified than white male faces. These issues and the call for police reform has caused Microsoft and others to pause access to this technology to law enforcement until the use of this technology has been properly regulated by federal legislation. On June 25th, Senators Markey and Merkley and Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal and Ayanna Presley introduced the Facial Recognition and Biometric Technology Moratorium Act that restricts the use of biometric technology, including facial recognition by law enforcement. Reforming law enforcement to eradicate abuse of power and violent deaths and decrease the criminalization of communities of color is long overdue. Too many have died and families like Brianna Taylor's, Ahmad Arbery's and Elijah McLean's continue to suffer and seek justice. While technology has offered tools to bring their stories to light, the misuse of technology by law enforcement will shutter important advocacy and foster biases that have destroyed communities. It is heartening to see that tech companies like Apple and Microsoft, legislators like Senators Markey and Merkley and Representatives Jayapal and Presley and others are continuing to fight to protect Americans. Organizations like Color of Change and ACLU also continue to bring truth to power. However, there is still much more work to do to ensure that the future of policing does not include the misuse of technology to infringe on civil rights.
1: You've been listening to the Good Friend Group Podcast. Special thanks to my colleagues, Brian Hess and Megan Sun. Please subscribe to the Good Friend Group podcast and share with family and friends. I'm David Goodfriend. See you next time. Thanks.